Hi, Nick Green here, host of Behavior Fit Radio, where we talk health, fitness, and behavior analysis. Let's start the show. This episode is a weekly review. What I'm going to do is go over last week's uh, social media posts and happenings and uh, add some insights as I wrap up the week. I hope you enjoy. Good morning, good afternoon. How's everybody doing? It is Friday, September 11th. It is a day to remember the tragedy that happened so many years ago. I mean, it's 2020 now. It's happened in 2001, coming up on 20 years. Hard to believe. Um, I remember I was in high school physics class when all that happened. So, um... Very important day to remember our fallen first responders and everybody that uh, uh, that lost their lives that day. Um, all right, so today's uh, so today's weekly review. We're gonna hit uh, hit the post again. So good week had a lot of interesting ideas. So the five main topics that I looked at this week were uh, one changes in Fitbit. Definitions on active minutes. Uh, Post two, talking about explanatory fictions. Post three, exercise data, how to best display it with different x-axes. Fourth post of the week was planning and achieving gains. I have a different strategy there. And then I had my slider of the week for Thursday. It was about kind of a play on that explanatory fictions saying why or what's the easiest way to explain why some people are fit so let's jump into the fitbit post so point number one here so um over the past couple weeks been working with clients um if you have a fitbit out there this is going to apply to you so um historically the fitbit has been um, using their activity uh, kind of measurement as uh, something called active minutes now this active minutes recently changed with an update. You might have noticed in your app if you're a Fitbit user to something called zone minutes. So you have active minutes and zone minutes. So now, previously the active minutes. Let me pull it up. I had I made a whole spreadsheet about this. So active minutes was based on if you were if your heart rate was elevated for ten or more minutes, it had to be ten consecutive minutes, and you'd get active minutes. Now, zone minutes um, was a measure to talk about how intense um, your your activity was based on your elevated heart rate. So, really, the old algorithm, active minutes, counted anything that was you know above resting heart rate. Um, but the zone minutes' whole purpose here is to to account for the minutes that you are in the vigorous zone, right? So, tying it back to the uh, American Heart Association health recommendations of 150 minutes of moderate vigorous physical activity. So across the board, just keep in mind 150. So if you're if you're better than 150, you're good to go. So um, active minutes, you could get anything that was moderate or vigorous. It would count as 150. But now with these zone minutes, you can get double minutes, double points. Well, I said points. You get two minutes. For every minute that you're in the vigorous zone, so really it's 
you can achieve your goals for the week if you um, if you accumulate 150 moderate vigorous minutes or 75 vigorous very intense minutes so the idea being there's kind of a um, Fitbit has it set up so that then you can earn double minutes which I kind of made a point that you can't really if you're only exercising for one minute then you're not why are you counting it as two minutes it's really I think Fitbit should use points um, they're saying zone minutes, but um, so there's this the discrepancy there. So getting back to the post on the gram was that uh, there are two models that my client used: the Fitbit Charge 3HR and the Fitbit Charge 4HR. And so that difference in device produced different um, active minutes, and so we had a little bit of a discrepancy there. Um, so it's pretty noticeable in the graph. So there's more to kind of come on what this kind of change and this happened you know today's september 11th this this update came out probably about two to three weeks ago it seems like so it just depends on whenever you, if you got a new device recently or you uh, downloaded the update um everything's been converted to zone minute so really you're going to be comparing apples to oranges so you you got oranges now so you got to be careful of what your apples are um, or what they were so uh, that was the first post to the Fitbit uh, Fitbit um, definition issue. Um, post number two, explanatory fictions. Now, explanatory fictions is the quick and easy way. Now, my post later in the week that I'll, I'll get to uh, really kind of unpacks this is that um, explanatory fictions are attempts and our language to explain health and fitness behavior, but really explain nothing at all. It's all this circular reasoning. Um, in the post, I say you can insert your favorite adjective like aggressive, lazy, egotistical, somebody that's a, a natural athlete, dedicated, amazing, right? So these words don't really tell us what's what's actually happening in the environment, and that's the key piece to looking at behavior change. So my example here, um, explanatory fiction, again, doesn't really explain anything at all. The example is Marcus is lazy and unmotivated because he sits on the couch all day. That doesn't tell us anything saying there's certain traits about him, lazy and un unmotivated. There's nothing inherent about Marcus being lazy or unmotivated. It's just a, the simple fact that what we see is a repetitive, you know, set of behaviors, sitting on a couch under certain conditions. Um, and that's where my better way to explain behavior kind of takes over. So instead of saying he's lazy un and unmotivated, we say, when Marcus watches Netflix for more for more than one hour, he is less likely to exercise that day. That's it. So looking at what what's the frequency of behaviors, what's the what's the rate at which somebody performs an action? Is it increasing, decreasing, staying the same? So looking at how do we explain behavior, explanatory fictions, they're sneaky, they're all part of our you know, our lives. So um, my preference is to explain things by looking at the observable variables in our environment. All right, that's post number two. Post number three, um, this title here is How Do You Display Your Exercise Data? So really, um, you know, this comes as a as a result of working with uh, many people over the years, taking a lot of questions on how to graph data, how to best display, make decisions, you know, on your on your data. So 
So this graph here has three line graphs on it with three different x-axis um, time frames. The top one is uh, daily, the second one is weekly, and then the third one is by month. And so you'd have to take a look at the post here, but daily you think of, you know, there's a lot of variability. There's um, um, many data points, right? You get last 90 days, you're going to have 90 data points, so you get up and down all over the place. So you can kind of see a trend. Sometimes it's hard to decipher. And on the point here, I say daily, X, you know, for the daily x-axis, it lets you manage kind of the daily goal setting. So a lot of my clients have goals like take 6,000 steps, 5 out of 7 days, for 4 consecutive weeks, something like that. That's good for the day-to-day -day management, but really what you want to get to is like a weekly and monthly measure, which is the next two graphs. So weekly, uh, weekly graphs, so think about that 90-day window. Divided by 7, you're going to have insert math, right? Um, actually, this graph is not by 90 days. It's just, uh, anyway, from, from January to, to today, that's what, 26, 27, 20 weeks, 20 data points. So weekly graphs help reduce the noise, give, gives you manageable insight. So what you can see on this graph is um, the average steps per week from January in this client example Really around February, she was averaging about 5,000 steps a week. And now, through all of our work, she's averaging close to seven to 8,000. And that's a nice steady increasing trend that's easy to see. And now we look at the, uh, the, last, the last graph is the monthly average. So it gives visibility to, to changes over the long time. So you're going to have to wait, you know, when you're collecting data, you're going to need at least three months of data before you can start getting, you know, these, to these types of graphs. Uh, so the monthly average, you know, looks at, okay, we got eight data points back in Feb February, March. Using that, that same time frame, client was averaging 5,000, and now you can see uh, 78, 8,000, something like that. So uh, different ways to look at the data shows different patterns in what's happening. So um, so you got to consider the x-axis if it's too, if it's too, uh, too noisy. Maybe daily is not the way to go. Weekly is, is a real good... Uh, as a, is a real good manageable piece too because it helps reduce that noise and monthly is just kind of the, the long term to see how good you're doing you know as a coach as an athlete if you're monitoring your own behavior so look at those data points there so uh, that was post number three post number four we have a two-pronged a two-pronged approach for planning and achieving your gains so um, got a little fork in the middle, kind of divide the two ideas. So this kind of goes back to a post that I made um, a while back. Um, looking at my post here, there's a little bit of a typo. So maybe that's why people didn't didn't like it as much. So um, so really planning requires you to look at these two things. The two things are fitness outcomes and your training, um, your training targets. So the fitness outcome is going to be a fitness-related goal restricted to a specific time period and the training target is going to be a temporary action that aligns with your fitness outcome and so I give an example here so three different examples you got a push-up squat run push-up fitness outcome could be I want to do a push-up within three months squat could be I want to back squat, back squat my body weight within one year and the run could be I want to lower my mile time by 15 seconds by December 1st so now, how do we tie training targets to that push-up? So again, all, everything's kind of goal-oriented, very specific, observable actions, right? It's not, I want to be amazing at a push-up. It's, I want to do a push-up within three months. Now we can start measuring that. 
push-up training targets become three sets of 10, three days per week for six weeks, right? You get the idea squat, six to eight training cycles following specific weight percentages. That weight percentages in this example is key, right? You can you can go in the gym and uh, lift and not follow protocols, not, not follow uh, rest periods. But uh, if you start doing that, you don't know how well that training cycle is going to help you um, with that uh, you know, squatting your, your body weight. And then, then the last example to run. So, uh, if your go, if your fitness outcome is to lower the mile time by 15 seconds by by December 1st, so this example applies to you know coming up this year. You can complete 12 tempo runs over a two-month training cycle to see how well your mile time improves there. So, you have to have a you know goal. I call this a fitness outcome because it's time-based, observable behaviors, and then you have your training targets that tie that tie directly to that. So that is a two-pronged approach for planning and achieving gains. And then the last uh, post that I made yesterday, I had a lot of fun with this one. So the easiest way to explain why some people are fit, um, I just read this through the slider here. So human behavior is difficult to understand. We get that. You have to ask a lot of questions. You have to measure it repeatedly. And you got to interpret the findings, just like I, I mentioned with my, my, uh, my x-axis graphs earlier. But you might be thinking, Nick, that takes too long. So what's the solution? It's easy. Just use a mentalism and sit. And so a mentalism is just uh, you know attributing some type of inner, inner trait or characteristic to explain what's happening around us. It's kind of a, a very classic non-behavioral way to explain the world. So all you have to do is just use words based on things you, you cannot see to explain what you see. So you use this template called person, um, unobservable thing results in outcome. So you could say Skylar's it factor, that's the unobservable thing, gives her success on the basketball court. Markeef's perseverance allowed him to become a champion. And Juan's laziness, kind of like the, the post earlier in the week, Juan's laziness kept him from exercising today. Right, that's it. Done. Analysis over. You just make stuff up. Use mentalisms. You can go back to work. But really, a more productive explanation is looking at the at the observable environment instead. So Skyler, again, she had the it factor, had success on the basketball court because why? What are the things we can observe? She trained three hours daily targeting her three-point shooting. It's no longer the it factor. She put in the work, right? You think of Ray Allen, the, the uh, one of the top two prolific three-point shooters in the NBA. He's like, there's, 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 no, there's no talent. I just put the work in. Boring, repetitive work. There's no it factor. You just put the work in. Markeef, uh became champion after losing five matches to more experienced opponents and improving upon his weaknesses. That's kind of general in the interpretation, but again, it's not he did, not like he's a natural talent. Or, or what did I say in the example here? Uh, his, his perseverance, right? He just persevered. Well, he had to lose to five really good people have his weaknesses exposed, and then improve upon those. So that's how Markeef became champion. And then Juan chose to watch Netflix instead of going for a run after his friends invited him to join. It's not that he's lazy. He just preferred the movie over the run. Now you could break that down. Since he doesn't like running, maybe we choose a different activity. Maybe he does not choose to watch Netflix when his, after his friends um, invite him to... It's kind of weird, weird. But let's say Juan um, chooses in the future... Um, he may choose, uh, I don't know, let's say the taekwondo or something or, or jujitsu. 
that one when presented between Netflix and Jujitsu, uh, Juan chooses Jujitsu all the time. Like he's not lazy. He's not a he's not a super a super fan. It's like in those in that choice situation, that's what he chose. So that's just kind of the example right there. So um again, just to kind of review what the week what what we covered this week. Post one, looking at that Fitbit user zone minutes versus active minutes. So again, this is important if you're looking at the intensity of your workouts, whether it's a Fitbit or Apple Watch or any other device. Looking at what the device is actually measuring, how it's measuring, it's going to really affect you know your day-to-day behavior on how you exercise. Explanatory fictions, you know, using mentalism, just like in the last post, right? Uh, let's look at the environment to explain what's happening. Displaying your exercise data for post three. Um, how you graph your data and analyze it, it's going to really depend on what you know what your axes kind of look like. Uh, post four, planning those gains, be very clear on your outcomes and your training targets. And that last post, it's easy to just use mentalism, it, mentalisms to explain human behavior because doing it, I'd say the right way using observable uh, metrics, it's difficult. So um, those are the five posts for the week. That was the weekly wrap up, you know, go back and look at it on, on Instagram. These are all, uh, Instagram posts, uh, different comments there. Um, a lot of interaction happening. So go ahead and check it out. Uh, I have some notes, uh, I have some links in the show notes to everything. So, um, everybody enjoy your weekend. Um, we are past Labor Day, so no more white pants out there, right? That's the rule. Uh, but keep moving and I'll talk to you soon. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you haven't yet, follow me on all social media platforms. You can find me at BehaviorFit, that is B-E-H-A-V-I-O-R-F-I-T, on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube. If you haven't already, check out my main site where there's blogs, sign up for the newsletter, and more. Go to www.behaviorfit.com or email me at nick at behaviorfit.com. Hope to hear from you soon, and keep moving.